Let's freaking go. UFC 286 is a wrap. Post-fight podcast coming at you. You guys probably don't really care what I have to say, but I'm going to hop on here and do an episode anyway because I feel like there's so much to break down from this card, you know? And first of all, London, UK showed out. Besides Sam Patterson, I think that everybody that was from that United uh, Kingdom region one, because um, I didn't realize that like Welsh people were part of that too. So Jack Shore, he counts. And we just got some main key takeaways. I'm going to keep this fairly short. Don't know if I'm going to post the audio like on um, Spotify and stuff, but I just kind of wanted to talk about some things because first of all, welterweight division is wide open now. And I had no idea Colby K.S. Covington was going to be a part of this whole entire equation whatsoever, just given the fact that Kamaru has basically solidified himself as a better fighter than him. And I was kind of convinced that Kamaru was going to get the dub here. And we'll get into that fight a little bit later. It could have went either way. I think a ton of people feel strongly that Leon won. But when you really break it down, it's a lot closer than you think. But there's a few things, like overall this fight card was really good, and I found myself, one of the main fights that I kind of was most interested in was the Vittori fight, because we were, we're in like the European region here, and I feel like Marvin Vittori was, even though I didn't really follow a lot of the, I wasn't paying attention really closely to a lot of the pre-fight lead up I watched like the press conference and stuff didn't watch a ton of interviews but Marvin Vittori I feel like flew under the radar and the fact that this dude was literally fighting for the title and was fighting Robert Whitaker has a big win over Paulo Costa the fact that he's opening up the pay-per-view and not higher up closer to the main event is kind of strange to me also super high level and I was just really excited to see a Marvin Vittori that was finding the target and seemed way more aggressive than usual because this last few fights, it's been tough for him to land because he's fighting Israel Adesanya and freaking Robert Whitaker. So even though he does have that dub over Paulo Costa, but I just really, it was a different Marvin Vittori and it was a really close fight. Roman Delizzi has come out of absolutely nowhere, absolute juggernaut after beating Jack Hermanson, but I was really happy with what I saw from Marvin Vittori. And he's a dog. Roman tried to bully him. Not going to bully Marvin, but super happy that his boxing looked really good. You're not going to take the guy down just because he's an absolute tank. Looked like he put on some muscle. I didn't know that was possible. And his traps were just popping out of his neck there, dude. But I really liked Marvin Vittori. Marvin Vittori pumped to see him. Pumped to see Gunnar Nelson. But I think the main thing that I really wanted to hit on, we don't know much about this guy, okay? We don't know much about him at all. But, um... Probably one of the most pleasant surprises from the card was Yanal Ash Moose, okay? Impressive debut. And you know, when you have an insane debut, one of that kind of caliber, you know that this guy's super special. I looked him looked up his past fights. He strung together like three or four KOs, and he has his fifth finish now in seven fights. And Sam Patterson was pretty hyped up. I don't know who was the favorite going into that fight, but you know, Lash Moose could be one of my new favorite guys just because at the lightweight division too, because he just seems like one of those dudes that in his, I don't know, when they were just showing his pre-fight press, uh, pre-fight kind of interviews that they do with the weird ass lighted lit background and stuff, I was like, this guy's got some Georgian 
Marab Dawalashvili vibes going on, and he's just like, I just want to finish the fight. He just seemed really calm, and his interviews seemed really real and just genuine. And so I think he's going to be a huge player at 155 here. We didn't get to see much in terms. I get, a, I have to go back and watch some of his videos because I don't know what his grappling game is like, but he's absolutely he's built, dude, and he obviously has good tactics and also a lot of power in his hands because uh the dude was falling backwards and you know it's hard to land pure and find that perfect placement on the chin when a guy's freaking moving backwards and it seemed you know when he caught that kick and when he threw that um left hook the dude sam patterson was unconscious falling backwards in midair so you know schmooze he's i cannot wait for him to get his next fight because i think that he's going to be one of the best prospects that comes out of uh, 2023 just because in lightweight division, it's hard to kind of stand out in your UFC debut and he did just that and it's talent stock division and he's undefeated young. We, I think we might have a new star on our hands. That's kind of my thing. And then also at 145, Jack Shore looked pretty freaking good guys. <laughs> he looks so clean and so sharp. I was just watching against Macwan. Macwan is pretty good usually in the first rounds of fights and stuff. And so, and you got to give Jack a little bit of leeway here. He's going up a new weight class, not fighting an absolute slouch at all. Like Macwan can go in there and beat the best of them on any given day. But Jack Shore, when he, towards the end, what was in the second round, because that fight finished with the rear naked choke, He's got good grappling. We all know his jiu-jitsu is insane. He's obviously extremely confident in it. But he was laying some absolute leather on Macwan and fast shots too. And powerful ones. Absolute thudders. And he's gonna be an he's gonna be an I don't know what his future holds at 145 because there's killers there like Nathaniel Wood. Um, Charles Jordan and next week when I do my new episode I'm going to talk about Crone Gracie versus Charles Jordan and try to talk about that fight a little bit because I think that's going to be an absolute war <laughs> because I rewatched that Crone Gracie versus Cub Swanson fight and that's absolutely craziness so but I just think that Jack Shore between his ground game and the way he can just because he's got those long he's got he's pretty like rangy not being the biggest guy but he can he really closes distance with his shots and they have a lot of ump behind him i don't know man what's next for him at 145 but i would not be opposed to him maybe getting a is it's a little crazy for him to get a ranked guy but he just looks so good and so clean he's been doing it right he's been beating the top guys at um bantamweight and beat a good guy mac warren amir connie why not why not throw him to the Wolves a little bit. I just really like watching him fight. I saw a tweet saying, I never understood Jack Shore's hype. I don't know if I agree with that, dude. He looked pretty well-rounded tonight. Super sharp, super crisp, and it looked like he was the epitome of when a fighter needs to move up and wait, getting absolute, absolutely drained at 135. And it just looked like that moving up a weight class, even though he, just, he doesn't have like the most... He's not the most jacked guy, but... He looked good. And so I think they're giving some of the better guys at 145, some contenders that are kind of looming around being ranked. I think that's kind of where his skill skill level is at right now. And then he'll eventually he'll crack in there and beat some of those good guys. Because what are you going to do? Try to take him down? He's so um, busy off of his back. And there's another dude that was insane. Uh, who was it today that 
was it Jai? Jai was really busy off his back. I, I was, I'm so mad I didn't get to do an episode before this uh, card. I was just so busy with finals and stuff. But Jai Herbert, this could be Jai Herbert's year because going up against Ludovic Klein, Ludovic Klein, he's just a really good young prospect. And Jai Herbert, even though he did get the draw and he didn't really find the target too much on his feet, he did manage to get some good damage off his back. And. I just re- he, he just showed a really good ability to change levels, get to the ground, and show really good well-roundedness. And he's not just that he's not just that clean, crisp boxer anymore with good kicks. He's got the ability to be dangerous on the ground and take you down when things aren't going right for him. And so it was really good, really encouraging to see. I really like Jai Herbert. I want to see what he does, and I really do think that this could maybe be his year if he strings a couple more fights together. I would love to see Jai Herbert rank because I think he's really good for the division, and plus he's just he's a funny dude. But those, that's kind of, that Lerone Murphy did good. But yeah, it's through Jack Shore and Yanal Ashmuz were the guys that really impressed me. Happy to see Marvin Matori get back on the board. Obviously, Gunnar Nelson was just a terrible matchup with Brian Barbarino. What are we doing there? And Rafael Vaziv versus Justin Gaethje. What did we expect? We got a fight of the year candidate. And Rafael Vaziv looked really good, but Justin Gaethje apparently doesn't wear damage whatsoever and that pays dividends in the fight when you don't have blood leaking into your eyes and also Justin Gaethje towards the end of that for first round I think or end of the second round like he definitely got a little bit uh I don't know it seemed like he got pissed off because he wasn't finding the target very often and Rafael Fazeev was just too fast too quick but Rafael Fazeev is amazing but as we've seen he does fade a little bit all right but Rightfully so, who cares? That was just a high, crazy pace. Like, the best man won that this day, and it was Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje, respect for fight, taking this fight against Rafael Vaziv because Rafael Vaziv, I'm not writing him off whatsoever. Rafael's going to probably wear, I think that he's going to get a belt within his career. He's not in any rush. This was a tough fight, but Justin Gaethje is just, it's tough to beat Justin Gaethje. And it just puts into perspective how good Charles Oliveira is, dude. It's crazy. But the lightweight division is whack, but watch out for my boy in all ash moves. He's coming, baby. Um, but what well, I wrote a couple things down here. That's ba- that's basically that for the undercard. And like the first fights on the main event on the main card. But welterweight is this is my last segment, alright? We'll keep this sucker short. Welterweight's wide. Absolutely wide open right now. Didn't know Couple Covington, like I was saying earlier was going to uh, be here, and I didn't really understand the point of Colby being here, you know, fighting, or being in London, just because, you know, like we kind of talked about, Kamara beat him twice already, dude, and it's just going to be really interesting to see what happens when they give Colby that fight against Leon, because what if Colby, because there is a world in which Colby Covington wipes the floor with Leon is Colby gonna get Leon to the ground though I don't know because if he if Leon's stuffing all of Gamaru's takedowns grabbing his wrist doing that thing where he circles out which was really effective I don't know what's gonna happen but I'm telling you Colby coming and striking is underrated and when he gets in his flow state and starts landing some jabs they sting you and when he starts putting combos together 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 I could see him pinning um Leon up against the fence and just landing a bunch of combinations like he did against Jorge Masvidal it's gonna be crazy I think a lot of people think that maybe Colby is gonna get destroyed by Leon I don't see it and I also don't see the the gap in between um 
Usman and Leon. Kamaru easily could be the champion right now. And it's just really interesting. And I was about to, before I even came on here, I was about to say that for some of the contenders that are fighting, obviously we have in a few weeks Gilbert versus Jorge, which I think Gilbert's going to win. And then we got, I was going to say that I don't think Shavkat Rachmanov needs to get another fight in before the end of the year in order to get a title shot. But apparently Dana White wants that Shavkat Rachmanov versus Bilal Muhammad fight. I don't know why. I mean, obviously Bilal Muhammad, he needs the fight to like prove himself to get established, establish himself as a um, kind of like that guy that is next. And obviously if Gilbert Burns gets that dub over Jorge Masvidal, Gilbert Burns doesn't need to take that dub because Gilbert Burns has been an absolute UFC promotional workhorse and you got to reward him with some type of massive fight some type of title shot after he beats Jorge I don't think I think out of all the people that deserve a title shot I honest to God think that Gilbert Burns (laughs) deserves a title shot over Colby over Bilal and over Shavkat and so I think we got to reward him just given the fact that he took that fight against Hamzat Chamayev when nobody wanted to fight him, and it just really laid the landscape for how, for what is going on at welterweight because everybody thought that Hamzat was just this immovable object, unstoppable force, and Gilbert showed that he has chinks in his armor. So just given that, if he can get by Jorge decisively, he's the next guy in line, I think. So I think it'll go, they're probably going to give Leon that fight against Colby sometime, International Fight Week in July. Who knows who's going to win that? That sets up... If Kobe wins that, that just sets up so many interesting things because Kamaru's already beat him twice. I don't even know what to think about that. But Shafkot gets by Bilal, which just sets Bilal back. That sucks. But And then after that, Shafkot doesn't have to... He can just wait for another title shot. There's just like... This is, this is just a whole thing going on here. But at the end of the year, I'm going to make my prediction right now. I think that at the when it's all said and done if Kamaro doesn't get another crack at that title by the end of the year which because who knows what his mindset is right now I think Colby could be the champion going into this I'm going to be one of those people that is heavily favoring Colby Covington to get that dope over Leon Edwards and I love Leon Rocky Edwards but I just I really do think Colby is a different animal and he can just wear down Leon in a way that I don't know if Kamaro can. But I could be so wrong. And Kamaro has obviously beat Colby. And so it's going to be really interesting to see. I'm just super excited for what fights get put together. But all we know right now is Gilbert. I think Gilbert deserves it out of everybody else. And Shafkot, if you don't have to, don't take that fight against Bilal. But you kind of have to. Just because you got to set up Bilal somehow. And I don't know. But those are my key takeaways from this fight card. Absolutely insane. Can't wait to talk about next um, week because that has huge implications for bantamweight division. Um, but yeah, I just am super pumped. We got a new prospect. Jack Shore looked really clean and fast, like stood out amongst a lot of other guys. And welterweight is wide right now. Wide open. But thank you guys so much. And um, yeah, we're going to hit you with some fun stuff coming up. I'm going to think of some cool games to play with Bianca on the podcast. Maybe do. <sighs> yeah, we just got to think, you know. I don't even know what we're going to do. But thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back this upcoming week for Shizzle. All right. Bye, guys.